Welcome back to another episode of Screen Run. I am your host, the Lady Juan, and I am here with... What? Huh? Hey. Oh. <laughs> Are you here? I'm fine. Chris Galzer. <laughs> Hello. Oh, boy. Screen Run is the podcast where Chris and I discuss the works of one artist every season. And season one is the films of Kevin Smith. This is episode 10, and we are talking about Red State. What is this, man? It's like Craigslist for people who want to get laid. I thought Craigslist was Craigslist for people who want to get laid. Right. She wants all three of us at the same time. This is what happens when parents block porn sites, man. They make socially backwards kids. Bet you boys want to get up to the devil's business, don't you? Get drinking, because I ain't drinking alone. I don't let no man near me unless he's got at least two beers in. Yes, ma'am. Guys, is, is, that, uh, is that you, Travis? Welcome, family. Good evening. Good evening, I hate the wickedness of America. Rampant fornication, adultery, abortion, flagrant sexuality. Everywhere. Will somebody please let me out of here? And it's up to the righteous to curb the spread of his disease. You might take a chill on that love. Grown up in here. Send the sinner straight to hell. Send the sinner straight to hell. God doesn't love you. Let's fear him. I don't know what Pastor Koopa's problem is. That sounds like a fun Friday night to me. Whatever. Not the shooting, <laughs> but all the horrible stuff. You know, the fornicating yeah. and the sinning. <laughs> It's uh, it's my favorite way to kill time. Uh. <laughs> the abortion and got my punch card right here. <laughs> oh dear. So Red State. Uh, this movie came out in 2011 and stars. <laughs> you wouldn't know it by the trailer. John Goodman, Melissa Leo, and Michael Park. Uh, also in the film are Anna Gunn, Kevin Pollock, Stephen Root, and a bunch of other white people. It is written and directed by Kevin Smith, a return to form after our last episode, which uh, was on Cop Out, the only movie we've covered so far that he did not write as well as direct. The taglines, interestingly enough, for these movies, for this movie is fear God, mm -hmm. love thy neighbor. Hold on, and write then, these down. And then an unlikely film from that Kevin Smith, because dude loves him some him. <laughs> um. I gotta say, the first two make a whole lot more sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this film, uh, I'm going to use that word, is Ooh, about- Ooh, shots fired yeah. out of the gate. I, I mean, <laughs> it is about, I don't know, a Christian cult who's been kidnapping and murdering uh, gay men, horny teens, uh, who, who knows who else, uh, in town. They're heavily armed, absolutely Sainers. insane. Just sinners of all- well, shapes and sizes. Uh, they are heavily armed, absolutely insane, and a firefight with the ATF ensues. There is technically more to the plot than that, but it's messy and none of it matters. So, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm too mean about movies to be a host, Chris. We really mm -hmm. should have thought this through. I know um, you don't. It, it's, it's. I don't like... seem like such an asshole when I'm a co-host. <laughs> 
It's like you're watching the beach bum over and over again. This has been just, the experience. Like that was like the most recent film that I wanted to punch in the face was the uh, beach bum. So yeah. I get what you're coming. I I, yeah. I feel your pain. I understand. Well, I, I have nice things to say. So for oh, me, good. well, kind of nice. The, <laughs> what, what I think are the most interesting things about this movie are really the production and the distribution of it is what I find more interesting. So first of all, this movie has no score. All the music in the movie is sung within the movie itself. So that's pretty interesting. It was shot in sequence and on an all digital camera system so that Kevin Smith could shoot and edit immediately, meaning he essentially had the final cut of the film done two days after the 25 day shoot was over. So that's efficient AF. Good well, job, sir. Yeah. I mean, that seems to has be what happens now too. It's one of the big revolutions of a shooting on digital, right? Is that yeah. you can do, you can see it in time. And yeah. if you have any reshoots, any pickups you can do, you can do it while you're there still shooting instead yeah. of having to bring people back because you can edit in real time. Yeah. Yeah. And shooting the whole thing in sequence has got to, that helps. Seems, yeah. seems intense for um, everybody else on the crew, but great for him. Mm-hmm. So that that's nice. The film had a $4 million budget funded by private investors. And it's the lowest budget movie that Kevin Smith had made since Chasing Amy back in 1997. Uh, the movie Chasing pro- Amy. <laughs> Remember when um, I could be kind of nice about stuff? <laughs> <laughs> the halcyon um, days, yes. It's, it's been so long. Leading up to the premiere of this movie, so it premiered at Sundance, uh, Kevin Smith said the movie distribution rights would be auctioned off at its premiere. Like right after the screening, he was going to auction it off to the highest bidder. And that's where we're going to distribute the movie. And then he bid $20 himself and sold it to himself. And he was like, yeah, I plan to do this all along. And uh, made a lot of people really mad by, uh, you know, lying. <laughs> and uh, I re- did you, I-, I wish I could have seen this. I don't know if it's like documented anywhere. Him basically saying like, yeah, I know I kind of lied to you, but trailers lie to me all the time. They make me think a movie's going to be good and then it's terrible. And I just want to be like, sir, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> did you just say that? <laughs> That's why you're mad at movies? Right. Okay. <laughs> no, I did see that on the internet and in the interwebs as well. Yeah. No, I thought that was interesting. It is kind of a kind of a D move. I didn't. It's like a next level. Like, you didn't have to do that. And for I understand, too, a lot of the studios and stuff basically kind of, is this made him almost kind of a pariah where people didn't really sit on, we're not going to work with you anymore then. Yeah. And if you look at the rest of his oeuvre, that seems to have been the case. <laughs> I don't think this was a good move on his part. It's, it's, I think that's really interesting. And I th- that you just think that the more fascinating thing to talk about this film is the inside baseball <laughs> stuff, the stuff that all occurred afterwards, right? The impacts yeah. to these decisions, much more so than perhaps the film itself. And it's... There are some people who have continued to do this. Not many. I don't know if you can really sustain a career doing it this way. Yeah. I guess so. He's still making films, sort of, right? Yeah, kind of. But like, it's, he. I, I don't know. I feel like maybe I want to give him the benefit of the doubt and be like, oh, well, he didn't have this planned out to be like, haha, screw you, studios and everybody like i'm gonna do this myself is i kind of feel like maybe there's a part of him that was like what if nobody wants this movie i mm-hmm. cannot let this happen i'm gonna do it myself because i don't i don't know maybe he's like worried about either a nobody taking it or b 
them changing it so much that it would mess things up mess up what whatever he was trying to do because i'm not certain what he was trying to do with this movie truly i don't think i know well i think he's definitely trying to break his mold right that he's known as the the dick and fart joke guy who makes these comedies for this very focused audience yeah of of which i am a member for the most part yeah yeah so uh And then yeah, after why, why would the, he do that? <laughs> I think Zach and Miri really hurt because it yeah. wasn't this big success that everybody anticipated it would be. And then he takes Cop out. If you listen to that last episode that we did, mm-hmm. we do discuss that and the fact that the reason he took that job was to learn how to market films and do it on his own. Yeah. And then he went forward with Red State, though yeah. there was really no marketing budget, right? He basically just took the thing on tour, which yeah. is kind of what Tarantino did a bit with what the hateful eight right he took that on a bit of a road show when it first came out yeah yeah so he like you said he he just took it out on tour um it had like a one week run in june 2011 at quentin tarantino's new beverly cinema um which made it eligible for the oscars not sure how impactful that was um i saw online i apologize for interrupting you but he's well i don't i I love the sound of my own voice but he thought i think really that there would be some potential oscar nominations for some of the actors in this film and listen goodman elevates everything he's in and michael parks is always fantastic i mean you want to see one of the coolest things about kill bill is he plays two roles i think it's is it part two he plays two separate roles in that film Mm -hmm. he's a sheriff at the beginning and then he's the um it's a colombian drug lord slash sex slave guy he runs the whorehouse type thing that she comes to find where bill is in the jungle or whatever mm. so he's always really good and elevates everything he's in as well and melissa leo maybe he's banking on i i don't know yeah i i mean they're they're not they're not bad but i you think he's been in movies long enough to know that like the oscars are not based on just like analyzing somebody's performance being like wow they were really good there's so much political bullshit in it you really think this was gonna yeah yeah, yeah i mean that's interesting because i wonder Why if he you thinks know the he's, game? he's making some big artistic statement with this film but mm-hmm. running afoul of the especially still then how mm-hmm. important commerciality it tends to be for a lot of the year oscar bay yeah yeah like you in in the distribution of this movie you basically gave the middle finger to the system. And mm-hmm. then you were like, ah, but I want the system to reward me with awards. And you're like, yeah. what? Why would, why would they reward you? You were just a dick. Like, I don't, and I'm not saying that like the Oscars are correct. I'm just saying that if you think you want to win one, you have to play their game. They're in charge. Yeah. Like, Sad to say. Yeah. I mean, it's why I mostly don't care about them anymore is because it's so like self-congratulating that the only thing I ever care about is if there's some like random movie that makes it in that like more people will find out about then I'm excited but uh it's not like whoever wins was the best that's not that's not how it works don't get me started (laughs) yes oh I recall our conversation from uh almost almost a year ago when we Mm. (laughs) we just bitched about the Oscars for an hour and a half. <laughs> like that, yeah. yeah. 
you know, that was that was fun. So he describes it, I guess, as indie film, or at least it's known as indie film 2.0. So yeah. would you categorize it as a success, as a business model? I would say no. Hmm. Oh, like, I want to know who these people are who gave him $4 million. And uh, right. what did they what did they get for it? Because like maybe it was a way to launder money. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It made like less than two million through theatrical run, which is still like something because it was never a wide release. And then it went out on VOD in September of that year. But that's when I saw this it. is what twenty eleven. Like, well, he says I, it. I don't. It's not like you're not really hitting the max capacity of your audience on VOD in 2011. Like, not like now. No, well, especially not now. But, yeah. yeah. He says that they made money on it, or at least his, all his investors got all their money back and it made a little bit of money, so it wasn't a it wasn't a failure. Yeah. It didn't exactly light the world on fire either. I mean, I get the decision, right? So he's been torn for a long time at this point. Mm-hmm. And doing his little talks sometimes with Muse. Uh, but really, I think that's the core issue I've discovered as we've gone through the series is that he's a writer first and he likes to perform, right? He likes yeah. to go up and talk and talk. Mm-hmm. And talk about his films, talk about interaction scenes, yeah. all this kind of stuff. So it makes sense. If you're Kevin Smith, you're like, you know what? Weinstein is kind of blew it for me the last time out of the gate mm-hmm. with Zach and Mary. I'm yeah. wondering, I'm sure he maybe turned a blind eye to like a lot of people did to all the stuff going on. Who knows? Yeah. I shouldn't, you know, that's not fair of me. I have no idea what the Smith thing was with how much he knew and what he didn't, what he didn't know. Um, but he sees the crowds he's getting when he does all mm-hmm. of this stuff, right? Yeah. So he bets yeah. on himself. Always. Really, as a, as a entrepreneur, I mean, I have to respect that to believe in yourself enough to do that. But I think the problem we keep running into now in one of the one of the slights and the things one of the things that hurts this film is that it's too talky. He's still mm. a writer first. Yeah. So the horror aspect of this film is almost non-existent. You know, and it's Yeah. It's not like when I so I watched it first and then I did all my research because I li- I didn't want to know anything to watch it. Okay. I just wanted to like let it happen. And uh, I did. And then I went and it did. washed over you like a, just a, a oh. beautiful warm ocean. You're on the beach. The suns are out. The dolphins just, are waving. So and... soothing. Yes. Uh. <laughs> but then like in doing my research, I kept seeing it described as a horror movie. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't get that at all. I didn't. Like a lot of people die and I see it happen. But to me, that's not how I quantify a horror movie. Like a horror movie is supposed to make me scared. Right. Like I was not, I'm just, I'm just watching bullets spray everywhere. I I do not feel engaged. I do not feel like if like somebody knocked on my door, I would jump. Like I I don't have horror movie feelings when watching this movie. I am like kind of horrified by what's happening, but it's not because it's a horror movie. Yeah, I think it's got about a eight minute run when the when the kids are captured and yeah. they're in chains and the guys, t- you know, tied up to the cross. But that also takes too long. Like mm. that part of it takes too yeah. long. And it, yeah, it just it it feels like a couple of different movies. Sure. Yeah, 
it's it's confusing. I I didn't know and you know, again, I'm glad I didn't like watch anything or read anything before watching it because I just wanted to kind of see what I would think going in blind. And I there were some parts of it that I thought were successful that I'm not going to – it feels weird to say I liked anything about this movie because I feel like that makes me sound like a psychopath. So I don't want to say I liked things that were happening, things that I was watching. Well, you're but not, I was like, I'm, oh, this not, is We're not good. asking you to endorse yeah. anything that happened in the film. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, oh, like, I like watched, um, for example, I watched that movie um, on Netflix, The Devil All the Time. And I was like, oh, this is good, but I hate what's happening. Like, it's it's there were parts of it that were like that for me where I was like, I really, really hate everyone and all of the things that are going on. But some parts of it, I was like, oh, I'm okay. Keep going. Okay. Like, I'm just kind of in for the ride to see where it goes. And there were parts of this movie that did that. And then, like, just other parts were, like, fell apart. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. (laughs) I think that's what it is. He's still... I mean, he is, it's it's a Kevin Smith film, right? So yeah. it's going to, there's a yeah. lot of people standing around a lot, just talking to each other. And yeah. I think that's what happens is it undercuts the horror. He's still a better writer than he is a filmmaker, I think is really mm-hmm. the core issue with this film. And he, conceptually, I love it. I think it's a fun, fun idea. He really yeah. kind of investigate the dark side. He is, as we've discussed previously and demonstrated with most of his films, he is a pro-faith mm-hmm. kind of pro-religion kind of guy. But mm-hmm. he does see the dark side of all that stuff. And he tries to yeah. explore that in this film with, unfortunately, kind of middling results. Everything tends to be a little over the top. Stephen Root's character and his relationships, <laughs> right? On the yeah. sides there. And um, just all these little things like that that may could have been handled maybe a little more subtle, subtly, a little more defter. They're a little kind of more hammer over the yeah. head type things with Smith. I really wish when, like, so I, as much time as I've spent complaining about his career and his choices and his decisions so often, I do respect that he has tried different things. And he's like, all right, I'm going to do this, like, kind of romantic mm-hmm. comedy thing. Okay, I'm going to do this straight up action movie. Okay, I'm going to do a horror movie. Like, it's really admirable that he wants to branch out of what he knows that he can basically do well without trying that hard. But the the problem I have is that he doesn't try and get there by asking anyone who knows how it works. He never collaborates. Like if he had co-written the like Jersey girl with somebody who knows rom-coms or if he'd co-written this movie with somebody who knows horror, like why can't he work with people who can help him be better? Like, it's not, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. Like, it's not a bad thing to collaborate with someone who's going to get you the place you want to go. You know you want to go there. You're making these movies on purpose. I just wish he would would try that in his career. That's interesting. I feel a lot of the decisions he made with Red State and distribution method basically solidify your entire point and prove that just not who he is as an artist. Yeah. Yeah. And so as a failed artist myself, <laughs> I get that. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I just, there's, I don't know. It just, it really, really disappoints me because I feel like he could be doing some really, really awesome stuff. And just, if he could just get out of his own way sometimes, man. 
what could be? <laughs> and what's I just hope it's not too late. So yoga well, we have Tusk coming up, Yoga Hosers, Jane yeah. Saw and Bob reboot, which we both reboot. saw. Yeah. Yeah. And then he has Kilroy was here, which is coming up. Yeah. Which is what it's it's a comedy horror anthology. So um, <laughs> uh, we'll see. Um, so I've complained a good bit uh, about this movie, but it's sixty percent fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, it has an audience score of fifty four percent. The More critic consensus is quote an audacious and brash affair that ultimately fails to provide confident scares or thrills. So like, okay, eh, I have to agree with that. Seems pretty um, accurate. Yeah. So <laughs> some some interesting information I learned from from researching it was that Kevin Smith considered Alan Rickman for the John Goodman part. Nice. And I'm honestly like so glad Alan Rickman was off doing Harry Potter. I don't think I would have liked <laughs> it more with him. But I also read that Samuel L. Jackson was in consideration for that part. And I think that would have made this movie actually like captivating. Like if that's Samuel L. Jackson and not John Goodman. Like don't get me wrong. John Goodman is doing everything he can in this movie. He is holding it together. He is telling me everything I need to know into the phone. Like he is <laughs> delivering exposition into that phone. Mm-hmm. He is selling it. Um, but like, I don't know. If it's Samuel L. Jackson and a bunch of crazy white people, isn't that a little more engaging? You know, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about it that way. Yeah. I kind of want to watch that happen. <laughs> that is, I had not thought about it through the race angle at all. Yeah. That is interesting. Hmm. From my understanding, Smith, because remember he he was trying to basically keep everybody as cheap as possible. Yeah. Uh, to pay them, and I guess they had offered Sam Jackson a couple paintings. I guess he's a big art guy. Oh. Uh, did in not lieu know that. of like cash payments, Smith had some paintings that he knew maybe Sam would be interested in, and he was telling his agent, "Oh, well, he can have this art. I'd happy to give it to him." And he's like, "Well, how do I get a commission off of art?" So I think <laughs> it's kind of what doomed the whole thing. True. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's a fair point. Yeah. So the budget mm-hmm. super tight. So we have to talk about the, I guess what is called the original ending that was never filmed. Because how on earth could you film his original idea for an ending with your budget being that tight? So basically, <laughs> at the uh, when the film climaxes, right, the 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 horns of God are supposedly are going off, mm-hmm. and that God has returned. And Parks comes out with his family, and he's Goodman and, and the surviving ATF agents are all one because <laughs> it's so loud, it's deafening. They're like, "What is yeah. happening?" And yeah. Parks is the Redeemer is here, and he's like, "Shoot me, you know, do do your worst. It's the the end of the world is here. We're all I'm, I'm you know we're saved and whatever." And initially, Smith then was going to have his head explode, and then yeah. his chest explode, and yeah. I was going to go through all of the church cult members are all going to suffer the same fate and then it was going to happen to all the atf agents all around john goodman as well yeah and then goodman covers his ears covers his eyes drops to the ground and then what happens next one uh (laughs) i have to say this seriously because you just delivered that really well and then an angel comes down from heaven and he puts a finger to his lips, like Santa Claus style, and just goes, shh, 
before ascending back to heaven. And then the four horsemen of the apocalypse show up and RIP humanity, I guess. Uh, and it's, well, it's revealed too, it's the angel that's doing it all. He, yeah. that's what happens is he, he opens his eyes and sees the angel sword coming out through the back of one of his ATF agents. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. the angel that's taken everybody out. He's been, he's been starting it. It's been going yeah. down. I don't, so first of all, I want to see this. I want this ending of this movie. That would be so good. That'd be crazy. Well, there's an animated version of it you can see. I don't know if you saw it. I did not. You can, it's on the YouTubes. You can check it out. Just search for uh, animated Red State ending. Yeah. But it's, it, it, it's a better movie that way. And I feel like the ending, if, that, if that's the ending you want, the idea that you would just change your mind about it because of budget is like, oh, what? It, it, it feels like the ending is the point. And so if it doesn't happen, like if it's just like, a ha ha, these weed farmers were just fucking with them. Like, I mean, it does something with the ending that he does now, but I, I don't know. To me, that feels like you just gave up on the movie you wanted to make when you realized you didn't have the budget, but you made it anyway. Like, if, again, like. Now, see, I don't know if I agree with that. And I, I here's where I'm torn because I okay. think it would be cool to have seen that ending. Yeah. But is the film darker and better? by revealing that Parks and his clan were just nuts. And they, they're just another doomsday cult. And they're all crazy. And he's going to be in jail for the rest of his life. I mean, to What's me... What's a more stinging the, rebuke? Well, so the thing is, the whole time I'm watching the movie, I'm like, these are just crazy people. And they're just in a cult. And they're absolutely bonkers. And... This is a thing that that happened, <laughs> kind of. Mm. Um, you know, like it. it and I guess it, it just didn't seem so impossible to me what was happening that I was like in any way, shape, or form thinking that it was actually going to happen. And when that st when the sound starts, I was like, no fucking way. Seriously, oh my god, is it actually going to be the apocalypse? Yeah. Like, oh my god, I was so excited for it, and then it wasn't. And I was like, oh, well, that, well, now it's a letdown because I got excited because I thought it was going to happen. Like, I would never have seen the apocalypse coming. Um, uh, have you seen uh, Ready or Not? Yes. If, it feels like it would have been like that to me, where I never for a second thought everybody was actually going to die if they didn't kill her. Mm -hmm. And then when they all start just exploding, I was like, oh, shit. They just, like, I get it now. Like, now I want, like, I understand why they were trying to kill her. Like, because I just thought they were crazy people and I was rooting for her. And watching this movie, I just thought they were all crazy people. And I'm like, I hope John Goodman makes it out of it alive. But if at all of a sudden, that all of a sudden at the end, the crazy people were right. And, but then only for a second, because now they're getting killed because they're terrible. I think it would have been awesome. Yeah, that's what makes me think it may have been a better ending is because... The Cooper cult basically does all get wiped out by yeah, the uh, because they would be ticked off angels. You'd think you were you'd think they were right for just a tiny second, mm -hmm. and then they have to get killed because they are awful people. So it you still get that they're awful people. Like the movie never at any point, if it were filmed that way and they did that ending, would be like, "Ha ha, these crazy people were right." Uh, no, they still they still get theirs. You know what I mean? So yeah, I just. 
I don't think the film is compromised by that. I think it just would be an alternate version of the film. Mm. Would have been a better version? Possibly. I just don't know if it's... I think the ending that exists still works. It doesn't lessen the film for me the way it shakes out. The version everybody knows. I did like that that John Goodman gets a promotion out of it. I did like that. (laughs) (laughs) That reveal when he's talking to... uh, I don't I don't know either of their names, um, but it's Jimmy Barrett from Mad Men and Bus Driver Stu from the Avengers of Pete and Pete. When he's talking to them in his debrief, um, I was <laughs> I was amused at the concept that like after all of this and after like how well, basically everything goes horribly wrong, uh, he's getting a promotion out of it. And just like the way they kind of talked about it was that at that point, I've like let go of the fact that I'm disappointed the apocalypse didn't happen. And uh, I did enjoy that scene. I thought that was cool. Yeah, now that one worked out pretty well too, and I think Goodman nails it. The whole thing, that whole interaction with two agents is is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, he's really good. Let me let me say a nice thing about about the movie for a second because I I I feel bad again. Good for you. (laughs) Good for me for feeling bad, or good for me for like stretching to say a nice thing. Exactly, saying (laughs) something. Okay, Um, the thing that I did like about this movie because in, in general like the characters are not really you know, likable like that's that's part of it that's intentional um so i did really enjoy that just pe- people would almost die in one scene and then just straight up die in the next scene and i was like well i never feel safe here so i did i did enjoy that that was and like it didn't it was done often enough that I was like, oh, I see what you're doing. All of these people are terrible, but not so often that I was like, oh, well, he's going to die soon. Like, I never knew who was going to die going into something, like, other than the obvious, like, guy on the cross. Like, any any other thing that was happening, I never knew who exactly was going to bite the bullet in that scene. Like, it kept you off guard, and I think that was uh, good. <laughs> I I agree with you. I think that's done very well. The pacing of this thing is yeah. very good, too, I think. Yeah. I don't think there's any real slow spots or any issues with that whatsoever. 88 minutes. Yeah. I saw that runtime and I started up. I was like, ooh, baby. <laughs> sounds like an 80s movie. Hell yes. Yeah, no. Minutes. It's, yeah. I think there's a lot of stuff that for the most part that the film does pretty well. It just reaches a little more, you know, his, what does he say? His reach exudes his grasp in this a little bit. Mm. But uh, overall, I think it's pretty successful for what he's trying to do. So let me just really quickly, because this will take almost no time at all. Our view askew connections. So we got we got none, uh, no connections. We are we are way outside of New Jersey right now. Mm. Uh, <laughs> our returning players, though, uh, we have Jennifer Schwalbach Smith is playing one of the crazy church people. Can we count Kevin Pollock now because he was in Cop Out? Does he count? I I don't. <laughs> I'm I'm inclined to say no, especially since (laughs) he didn't write Cop Out. I think I could, if he wrote it, I could squeak him in there, but I I don't think so at this point. Red Bank may as well be on the other side of the world as far as this film's concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was quick quick and easy on the View Askew stuff. So we're going to get into our our favorites and then our rating. Sure. What do you got? All right, so my favorite performance 
I went a little outside the box here because I feel like it's so obvious that John Goodman is the best thing about this movie. And I was like, mm. I will not choose him. I liked Steven Root. Uh, I am really? biased. Yeah. So I'm biased because he's a gator. I'm a gator. So anytime I see him in something, I get super excited. But I, I always like what he does. Like he's always some kind of entertaining weirdo. Oh, I forgot to say Steven Root in our View is Q Connections because he's in Jersey Girl. Oh, I that's forgot. right. He plays I one forgot. of the... Uh, he, yeah, yeah. he counts. He counts. He does. Um, so I, he's always an interesting weirdo. Sometimes he's a terrifying weirdo. Sometimes he's a very scared weirdo. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he's just sort of dumb. Uh, but I always like it. And um, for me, I actually had just watched Uncle Frank on Amazon like the night before. So it was very interesting to see, to see Stephen Root play a closeted character in this movie while he is like raging about Sodom and Gomorrah in Uncle Frank and like very, very angry about homosexuality and saying it's going to condemn you to hell. And I was like, oh, uh, cool. <laughs> so fun twist on that. But I always enjoy Stephen Root. So here's my pick. What was your favorite no. performance in this? Root is great, and he's one of the best character actors I think he's we have so right good. now. Yeah, he's great I in everything him. he's in. So him. I agree with you. I think uh, Goodman is kind of the layup. He's a workman like yeah. performance. He's 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 like a comfortable shoe. He's like your you know the hound dog. You know, you just yeah. slightly worn out by his career and his life, and he's <laughs> just trucking along. He's a lot. Of, he's really good in this. But I think for me. I go in, all in with the crazy, and I'm going to go with Michael Parks, his pastor, Aiden oh, Cooper. Oh, he is so good. He's so scary. Yeah. he That guy is able to crank it up, and you're going to see even more next time with Tusk. Ooh, but, um, yeah. Okay. I'm so he, scared. <laughs> yeah, he's always great in everything he's in. I know yeah. I sound like a very cliched, hacky little critic here, but <laughs> Parks is able yeah. to deliver the crazy because... It's 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 the I think it's the tenor of his voice where he's got that mm-hmm. grandpa kind of voice, but all that comes out is just bile and crazy and insanity and yeah. violence, and it's just it's quite a dichotomy to kind of hear that. And he's yeah, he's one of the best crazy eyes guys in the biz. Well, he <laughs> was so rest yeah. in peace, Michael Parks. Yeah, yeah, he was really he was really terrifying, and I I think Kevin Smith said that like if he wasn't gonna do that part, he just wasn't gonna make the movie. It was like, it's it's you or nobody for uh, insane pastor cult leader. Mm-hmm. So, Good call. Oh, yeah. Favorite reference. Normally, so easy to find one. I got nothing here yeah, for nice. my, my favorite reference. The only thing I wrote down was I was like, hey, look, it's Jesse's dumbass friend playing the cop. And that's Mrs. White. Uh, is this? Does this count as a Breaking Bad reference? It's 2011. It's like peak Breaking Bad time. I mean, yeah, right. she never comes back in the movie. I was very confused. It's like, where is Skylar? What, what has happened? Where, why isn't she worried about her son? He's been murdered. <laughs> What's going on? Exactly. Uh, and Badger's yeah, like, bumbling around in the background <laughs> with a gun. Yeah. I was like, does this count? Is this, is this a reference? Yeah, we can start know. tying into other shows and movies. Sure, why not? <laughs> Yeah, why not, right? Do you have a favorite line from this movie? I I uh, I do. I do. Yeah. Okay, what is it? What you got? <clears throat> this is Special Agent Joseph Keenan of the ATF. We're here to execute a search warrant on the premises on suspicion of violation of the National Firearms Act. Put down any weapons. Come out with your hands up and you will not be harmed. Repeat, you will not be harmed. 
I think it's the use of the word repeat that makes this work every time. So I actually laughed out loud <laughs> when that I happened. I did laugh at that. I forgot about that. I did. I did laugh at that. Pollock, um, absolutely. The, the delivery of that is just <laughs> pitch perfect. Yeah. So I actually, I could not think of one. Like nothing really stood out for me to write down when I was watching it. And then looking it up, I was like, oh, well, there's like one like good line that is like John Goodman's character says people just do the strangest things when they believe they're entitled, but they do even stranger things when they just plain believe. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, that's a good, that's a well-written line. That's like, like a wordplay and like meaning. And that's it's like well-written. Uh, but then I, you played the trailer when we started recording and I remembered the, I thought Craigslist was just Craigslist for people who want to get laid. And I was like, oh shit, that's funny. So can I change it to the meaningful one <laughs> to mm-hmm. Craigslist? Sure. So. <laughs> well, uh, judges yeah. approved. Oh, good. Thank God. That's what I pay them for. I'm scared here. Mm-hmm. I think we we may find ourselves with a bit of a gap again. I want you to go last because you're not as mean as me. So, which is something I never saw coming when we started this show, by the way, Chris. <laughs> I'm a big softie. <laughs> so my movie rating for this film is a 1.5. Uh, you know what? I, I know. I, I don't think it looks that great, but I don't know if that's intentional. And I, truly, honestly, I finished watching it and my thought was, for what? Like, but you did that for what? Like, that was all I could think of. I didn't, I liked Cop Out better. Fucking liked Cop Out better. So I had to well, rate it accordingly. It's a very different film. Listen, yeah, you know, it's funny. Since you started to say that, I felt I could feel the 1.5 emanating through the internet. It's it's wrong. It's horribly wrong. <laughs> okay, okay. But what is the right rating then out of five? I'm giving it three golden movies. I think it's three, it's a, a stretch for Smith. And I really appreciate what he's trying to do with this film. I think there's some of it's very successful, some of it maybe not. But for the most part, I think this isn't an entertaining enough religious kind of cult thriller and it it delivers enough for what i'm looking for a couple good lines some strong performances and just everything be just being a little weird and off and stuff and i just like that kind of stuff it's a little it's the most one the most challenging film i think he's made up to this point and it's i don't know it's interesting there are things about it i really respect so that's why it gets the three okay Uh, i'll let it i'll let it stand I, I mean, I gave Cop Out 2. I can't give this movie also a 2 because I don't ever want to see this movie again. But like, honestly, like I had to watch Cop Out again. I'd be like, okay. <laughs> that's, that's how I'm doing this. I'm trying to keep myself honest. That's I rated it higher than Clerks 2. <laughs> oh, that's right. I don't, I don't want to even think about that. I know. I think I just made it worse for you right you now. Did. Telling you did. My migraine's coming back. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, remember when I gave Clerks a 4.5 out of 5? Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No problem with that. Let's talk about the good times. <laughs> that makes you feel better. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. <laughs> so what are we talking about next week then? Oh, God. I'm terrified. We have to talk about Tusk. The face people give me every time I say I'm going to watch that movie. I'm fucking terrified so you how I much do you know about it nothing 
nothing except for like a tiny little bit, but I don't even want to say what I think that I know about it because I'm horrified by the general concept. <laughs> All right. Because there so is I a thing, there is something that happens in this film that you're going to go, what the hell? And it's not even what you're thinking. There is something that happens, and we'll talk about it next week, that yeah. I remember watching, I was like, wait a minute, did that just tap? Is that, oh God. what happened? Right, so I'm really curious to see how, what you're how you're gonna feel about that. And what I didn't realize is that Tusk is an A24 film. Oh. So. Oh. Okay. I've ten. I've historically been an A24 apologist. So. Mm-hmm. This yeah, is you're in their pocket. Oh yeah, I'm in the pocket of big <laughs> A24. <laughs> yeah. No, I am. I have. Yeah, there is literally one reaction I've gotten. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I have to watch Tusk. Have you seen it? No. Oh no. <laughs> like I I'm these are people who know me. Like mm-hmm. they they know that this is going to I'm going to have trouble. Well, I can't wait for next time's discussion then. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be uh yeah. Okay, I can do this. I, I'm just going to have to psych myself up before it and just, yeah. I believe I in you. It. I could do it. I could totally do it. I've gotten, I've grown as somebody who's been afraid to watch anything slightly icky. I've grown leaps and bounds. So you, after this, do you want to do like a human centipede thing then? We no. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Oh right. my God, No. <laughs> Do a Serbian film spinoff just for Christmas? Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> a film I've never seen, nor will I ever watch. I, well, even I have my boundaries. Yeah, I've... Mm, boy, yeah. But I'm excited for it. It's going to be a great conversation. Probably. <laughs> I'm fairly confident. Yeah. So uh, stay tuned for that. That's coming your way. So in the meantime... You can find Screen Run anywhere podcasts are found. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at the Lady Wan. That's W-A-N. And Chris is at C.G. Scalzo. And, uh, of course, you can check out ScreenRun.Fun for all the information on all the stuff that we've talked about. Yeah, that's the best website. It's the best URL in the entire world. I'm never going to get tired of it. But I will. I, <laughs> we will sell it to you for. Oh yeah, there's, there's price on it. Five hundred grand. What do you think? Is five hundred yeah. grand a good price? Yeah. All right. I think. Yeah, I think that will work. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, hit us up if if that's the offer. Twitter. Get in those DMs. Let's do this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everybody. Take care of yourselves. Watch a Kevin Smith film. Enjoy yes. yourself. Yes. Trailer. Yeah. What? No. <laughs> yes, that was last time. <laughs> I like how I won't stop. <laughs>